You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and uh, Enrique alvarez Clary with you guys as usual. All right, so let's go ahead and bring in Steve Mark, our usual Monday guest here on the Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. Steve, first of all, how's it going, man? I'm doing great, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. Oh, yeah. So I, I want to get your, your raw reaction here to this Mickey Joseph quote that I, I read in the last segment. Quote, everyone wants Nebraska to stay sleeping because we've got the resources, and they know that I can get the players. They don't want this bleep to wake up. Yeah. Um, so I haven't read that story yet, but just uh, listening to that quote from you right there, uh, I mean, I think it's I think it's possible what he's uh, talking about. I think Nebraska has a lot of things going for it right now as a mm-hmm. as a football program. Um, it doesn't look like it on the field right now, obviously, but with everything, the changing landscape with uh, with in college football. Um, you know, there's not going to be a, a Big Ten West division in a couple of seasons here. Uh, a new, brand new state-of-the-art facility being built right next to the stadium. The transfer portal um, gives gives you an avenue to flip an entire roster, a la Michigan State last year, um, in the blink of an eye. I think there are a lot of things going for Nebraska right now. Um, and I think a guy like Mickey Joseph with his ability to connect with today's youth, with today's college mm-hmm. football players, um, and along with, you know, his ability to, you know, identify talent and, and you know, like I said before, connect with the kids and, and convince them to come to Lincoln, Nebraska. I think it is absolutely there's a possibility of Nebraska becoming, you know, one of those sleeping giants that awakes and, and it turns into a good football program. Now there's a lot of work that will need to go into doing that before that happens, but I think it's absolutely a possibility. And I think he's kind of speaking the truth on that. We're, we're joined by Steve Mark of inside Nebraska, as we are every Monday here on uh, the happy hour. Okay. Let's talk about, before we get into that whole discussion that we'll, we'll about coaching and all that, let's go ahead and kind of break down this, this game last Saturday. I mean, it was kind of a tale of two halves. If you ask a lot of people, Nebraska was able to, kind of get something going on offense, I suppose, and, and something is relative um, against a, a pretty strong defense in Illinois. But then in the second half, completely fall apart. You, you, you're you out with your – or your quarterback's out. Chubba Purdy comes in. Um, he finishes 3 of 8 for 15 passing yards. You only have 29 total yards in the second half and uh, combined. What happened? What were your takeaways from, from Nebraska-Illinois? Well, yeah, I mean – I don't. I think that Nebraska was doing a pretty good job of hanging in there um, in the first half, especially when Casey Thompson was in the game. Now, I I, I think um, Casey Thompson had his ups and downs. He definitely missed some missed some throws. Mm-hmm. He made some odd decisions in the passing game. Um, but then, uh, I mean, yeah, like when he goes down, um, there's obviously a clear drop off from the starting quarterback to the backup quarterback. Now, I I don't want to be. I, I wrote something. Um, about this um, and posted it to and posted it to Inside Nebraska last night. I don't want to be too harsh on Chuba Purdy because I don't believe that the coaching staff is doing him any favors with how they're handling him at practice and how and how many opportunities with the first team 
offense that he's getting at practice. I just think mm-hmm. that every time that Chubba Purdy has been inserted into a football game at Nebraska, Nebraska so far, it hasn't been in an advantageous situation. It hasn't been in a, it hasn't been a situation that would would lead him to have success. And that and that you know that it's not it is not easy for a for a kid to come off come off the bench cold against a defense like Illinois has um, that smells blood in the water with the backup quarterback in and just kind of teeing off on a shaky offensive line. I mean that's no way that's that's no way to win a football game and it's just a tough situation. Um, but you know, I again getting getting back to the question. I think Nebraska was doing a really an okay okay job hanging in there. But I think for four quarters, I mean, it was it was always going to be kind of kind of tough for, tough for the Huskers to get out of there, defend their home field against a, a really good what I feel is a really good fighting line I team and Brett Thielma. Uh, were you surprised not to see Logan Smothers uh, at all in the second half, just to maybe provide a spark or, or something to give? The, the defense maybe a running aspect to just think about maybe or, or try to honor were you surprised not to see you know Logan at all in the second half yes I, I that's a great point I was absolutely shocked that um, Logan Smothers did not um, get into the game especially after um, Chuba committed that cardinal sin of quarterbacking when he threw across his mm-hmm. body to the middle of the field and it was picked off by um, Illinois excellent safety. Sydney Brown. That was a brutal, brutal mistake that you don't see like even high schoolers make. Um, but Chubb made that mistake during the game. Um, I, it was just very, very curious, I guess. Um, you know, Logan got the first series after Casey Thompson went down, and you know he, he completed a pass to Trey Palmer for one yard, I believe, and then it was two runs, three and out. They they boot the ball away, and then Illinois takes it, goes down, um, hits a um, it's a touchdown and, and boom, they're on the road to a 20 run. So, um, I mean, yeah, it, it was very, very weird, I guess, just an odd, odd call to keep Chuba in there because Chuba was clearly, clearly just on, just, it was not his day. Mm-hmm. It was not, he did not look prepared at all. Um, it was kind of a deer in the headlights look in my, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I just don't think the coaching staff did, did Chuba any favors and the team, as a whole, any favors by keeping Chubba Purdy in the game um, after, especially after he threw that interception. I think a, a, a kid like Logan Smothers can do a lot for this offense. Um, we, you know, everybody kind of talks about his lack of his lack of passing skills, but we saw that he can be suitable in that department against against a good defense. Um, we saw that last year in the season finale against Iowa. But yeah, I mean, if a guy like Logan Smothers is in there and it gives you that read run option. That helps out an uh, offensive line that has trouble run blocking, which Nebraska has, and it helps out an offensive line in pass blocking, which which Nebraska has obviously struggled to. So I think there's a lot of benefits to put Logan in there. I do not know why they didn't even give him an opportunity. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I thought it was a little strange. We're speaking with Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, and, and Steve – you know, you you were talking about the offensive line struggling and run blocking, and and you know not getting Logan Smothers in the game despite maybe him being less of a, a polished passer than Chubba Purdy, but his legs were pretty effective again against Iowa in the season finale, and he had a couple rushing plays in this one against Illinois, but. More, moreover, I want to get to Anthony Grant and the fact that he only had 12 attempts despite you know averaging 5.1 yards per carry. And I understand that Mickey talked about you know part of the reason they brought in Chuba and took uh, Logan out was because they couldn't run the ball because they were down. But 
with Anthony Grant having that amount of success against a solid defense, would you have liked to see more Anthony Grant? Yeah, absolutely. And that would that would help. Um, you know, when you look at Mark Whipple, he's an offensive coordinator, coordinator that obviously likes to throw the ball. And, you know, I, I don't want to call him stubborn, but Mark Whipple has been around a long time and he knows a lot more football than I'll ever, ever know. Um, but he's going to stick to what he's doing and he's not going to, you know, listen to what fans want or are clamoring for. He's going to throw the ball because that's what Mark Whipple is about. Now, um, I, I just wish that there would have been more of an adjustment, more of a dedication to at least try to establish a little bit run um, with Anthony Grant because we know Anthony Grant can do a lot with uh, with little. And he's just not getting a lot of opportunities right now. But if he did, I think he would really impress people. Um, and, you know, you know, I, I know the offensive line – um, isn't kind of the on everybody isn't going to be on everybody's uh, Christmas card wish wish here. Um, but you know, I think if we give them an opportunity, maybe they would show us something. Um, but obviously, putting Logan in there would help with the run game. But yeah, I mean, Mark Whipple likes to throw the ball, and I don't think he's going to really change the way he approaches this thing. He's going to do it how he wants it. And uh, yeah, I mean that that could spell bad things for for this team going forward, especially with, with the teams coming um, up on the schedule. I, I just think that if you would get give Anthony Grant and try to stick with the run a little bit more, it would just benefit this team overall. It would help the defense stay on the sideline, um, not be out there, you know, and, and try to defend these 12 and 13 and 14 play drives that teams like Illinois and uh, Minnesota and, and um, Michigan um, are, are kind of good at doing. So I, I definitely think that the run game needs to be revisited and maybe leaned on a little bit more than it has. Well, Steve, that's kind of where I wanted to go with with Mark Whipple. The, the scheme, I guess, if you want to call it a scheme or plan on offense, is to just find a way to get the football into the hands of playmakers, right? And yeah. it, I mean, even you would think that that is even magnified and in importance when a backup quarterback is in, just to hopefully get him in. Um, some confidence or into some sort of rhythm, but it kind of didn't work. Trey Palmer had six targets, I believe, on Saturday, but only one catch. And going forward now, first of all, let me backtrack, I suppose. I was shocked that they didn't try to figure out more creative ways to get Trey Palmer involved, whether that be you know pre-snap motion or jet sweeps or trying to get him involved in the short passing game. And I think that causes some concern, like you said, for games going forward because it kind of showed teams that if you take Trey Palmer out of the equation or you're able to at least limit Trey Palmer to some extent and with Casey Thompson, don't know what his status is going forward, you're going to have a pretty good opportunity to beat Nebraska. Yeah, absolutely. And and when you look at the defensive coordinator that's coming here uh, this week, Joe Rossi of Minnesota, he'll obviously he'll obviously see and be watching exactly what you explained, Nick. He's, he's going he's gonna to look at an offense that has one guy that you're scared of, and that's Trey Palmer. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to see what Devin Witherspoon, the excellent defensive back from Illinois, did did in shutting down Trey Palmer and, and see what Illinois' defense did shutting down Trey Palmer, and he's going to try to do a lot of the same things and um, make Nebraska adjust. But we haven't really seen um, during this stretch, we haven't seen Mark Whipple adjust. He's just going to rely on the throw. And in the past game, and see what happens. That that's just what it looks like to me. Um, but you you really just like to see a little bit more creativity, a little bit more adjusting from a from a offensive coordinator like Mark Whipple. But 
again, um, he knows what he's doing. He's been around for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he thinks that it's the best option to, to go about it, um, by all means, go about it. But, you know, you know, you bring up a great point, Nick. We don't know if Casey Thompson is going to be in the game um, this this weekend. So um, you would think that with a different quarterback, that would that would maybe mean a different play style or a, a, a different screen, uh, a different scheme or some different plays. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see if that actually happens. But um, it didn't look like it much. I, I would maybe see what you guys think, but it didn't really look like much change um, when when mm-hmm. Trevor Purdy was in the game, yeah, no, I, I think we would agree with you uh, there. And, and I, we get this off the text line. Tyler says this, and I guess I, I do want to get your kind of thoughts on it because now we can kind of transition into the whole coaching aspect uh, and coaching discussion as we have a couple more minutes with you. Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Um, Tyler says this on the text line, the offensive issues are as much on Mickey as they are on Mark Whipple. He has the power to change things and didn't. The fact that he didn't play Smothers at all in the second half was a failure. Chubba was incredibly ineffective. So I guess we can kind of transition into this. We'll we'll get to the flavor of the week here in a moment because we have to play the jingle, obviously. But, I mean, how do you respond to that, Steve? are, Are the... As the interim head coach and with a with an offensive coordinator that is ex, as experienced as Mark Whipple is, how do you go about that? Who who is to fault to blame for for not making the necessary changes? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. But in in my opinion, it's never it's never as easy as it's one thing. Everybody was at fault on Saturday. All three of them: Mark Whipple, Mickey Joseph, and Chubba Purdy. Chubba Purdy played really bad. I, I'm sure Chubba would be the first to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, Mickey Joseph would be the first to tell you that he needs to get Chubba more prepared, better during the week, and that's what exactly what he said after the game. Mark Whipple, I'm sure, would say he needs to do a better job. I mean, these are all things that we're going to hear this week when the press conferences happen. Yeah. But um, it's it's just, in my opinion, for a head coach, for an interim head coach right now, Mickey Joseph. This is kind of, I, I think that you let the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinators do their jobs. You are the head coach. Mickey Joseph is the head coach. He's, he's you know, if, if I were to envision Mickey Joseph as the head coach at Nebraska, I would view him as the CEO, the face mm-hmm. of the program, the guy who goes in and closes um, on five-star recruits and four-star recruits. And um, he, he's, the, he's the guy who connects with the players, the program, and he is the face of the program, and he lets his, very expensive, high-dollar offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators do their jobs and stay away. That's that's how I view Mickey Joseph as a potential head coach. So, um, yeah, you would obviously like to see more adjustments made, but that's on Mark Whipple, in my opinion. Um, that's that's more on him than, than Mickey Joseph himself. But, yeah, at the end of the day, the texter is completely right. He's the head coach. He has the power to override um, mm-hmm. a guy like Mark Whipple, but – you know, when you when you're looking at uh, Mickey Joseph and you look at a, at a guy like Mark Whipple, way more experience, uh, veteran coach, been around longer than Mickey Joseph has. So I I don't know. I just think that maybe Mickey just um, kind of let Mark Whipple do his thing, and he's letting Bill Bush do his thing, and and uh, he's gonna be the kind of overall overseer in the CEO face of the program type. Yeah. All right. Let's get to flavor of the week really quickly. Let's uh, hit that music, Rico. Trev Alberts, he don't know anything about him. He might win here, have no fear. I wish that I could make him see. 
He's just the flavor of the week. Now, it's been a couple weeks since we have done the Flavor of the Week with Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, who is joining us um, still here on the Happy Hour. So, Steve, I will ask you, who is this week's Flavor of the Week for the Nebraska head coaching vacancy? First of all, I want to get this out of the way. Rico, every single time I hear this jingle, my head bops, so um, credit to you. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. That, that is the, the, that is the biggest the week, compliment. Um, this week is Kyle Whittingham, the University of Utah Utes head Hello. coach. My personal favorite, but I do realize that he's a very, very, very long, long, long shot because he's been there since 1994 as a defensive line coach. I'm older than you, Nick. I'm older than you, Rico, I'm guessing. Um, when when uh, Kyle Winningham took over as a D-line coach at Utah in 1994, I was four years old. So I don't really envision oh, yeah, Kyle Winningham um, leaving Utah. I think I consider him a lifer over there. I know he's got some things in his contract that make make it very um, ple- uh, appeasing for him to just to stay stay put and, and maybe retire as a Utah coach. I know he, um, he has a really good defensive coordinator um, and, and Morgan Scally, who might be the head coach in waiting there. But um, he plays Big Ten. Kyle Whittingham plays Big Ten football in the Pac-12. He, he's a run-first guy. He focuses on defense. He has a defensive background, like I said, as a D-line coach and a D-coordinator background. Everything about Kyle Whittingham, I really, really like. And he just has the toughest program in the Pac-12. Um, absolutely. I, I love that they knocked off USC, the fancy high-flying Lincoln-Riley-led USC yeah. programs. I absolutely love that. Um, but, yeah, Kyle Winningham, I would absolutely love it if he came to Nebraska. I think he's a perfect fit for, for here. I think his style of play matches the teams that he's going to be playing. Um, and, yeah, I, I just really like Kyle Winningham. But I, but I understand 62 years old, um, you know, a contract that's very – very lucrative and has a lot of incentives for him to stay there in in Utah. So, um, yeah, Cal Winningham, flavor of the week. Okay, so Steve, I'm reading through. Now, this is all from FootballScoop.com. I'm reading through some of the stuff that yeah. they put in his contract in June. <laughs> um, this is Rico. Have you seen these? I have not. Okay, Steve, I, this this is insane, and I'm sure you probably read on read on this a little bit. Um, so he's getting paid six point eight three million in average. Okay. Um, yeah. over the over the course of the next couple years, but get this. So they put this in writing. All right. If Utah does not install new carpet in their indoor center by December thirty first, it must pay Whittingham one hundred thousand dollars within sixty days of that date. If Utah does not begin construction on a sixty two million football only indoor facility. By July of 2023, it owes Whittingham 100 grand. If Utah does not assume occupancy of said facility by December 31st, 2024, it owes Whittingham another 100 grand. It, it, this is unreal. Damn. Like is putting there, putting is carpet. There something in there that like it, now this is not confirmed. So anybody listening, do not take this as fact. Yeah. I thought I heard a rumor that maybe something there was a. Something in his contract about his grandchildren and tuition. They get free tuition. Utah. Yep, free tuition. <laughs> I mean, boss moves only for Kyle wow. Whittingham. Yes, what a stud. I yeah, mean, that's, that's I, something I you can move. do when you've been out of school for as long as he has. Absolutely. That is wild. All right, Steve. Hey, appreciate the time as always. We'll go ahead and let you go. Um, I'll see you tomorrow at the press conferences, and we will talk to you next Monday. Absolutely. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Rico. That is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time as always. Let's get to break. When we come back, we got a couple things to talk about. Husker Volleyball. 
swept Maryland over the weekend. Yeah, they did. They got back to their winning ways. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about them for a couple minutes, and then we'll be joined by Strick and Nate to break down Strick's picks last week because, remember, he joined us for our picks. Mm-hmm. And how did the Husker Hall of Famer do? We'll find out coming up next on Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and the ticketfm.com.